So, so we thought it would be fun. We, give, uh, we do different things each year for pastor appreciation, but we thought it'd be fun this year to do more of a panel talk. And um, so we told them Friday, we're like, I'm going to ask you two questions. All right, so I'm going to, one year we did Q&A with the whole church. So today is, is really, in essence, an opportunity to get to know your pastors, to get to know us, to get to know who's serving you day in, day out. So, so basically, um, I'll go through and talk about our roles and what each of us are responsible for and do, um, but then I'm going to ask them a surprise question, two surprise questions. And uh, Angie, she was so nervous. She's like, uh, can I, we just know the questions? I want to be prepared. She, she's always prepared. So which leads me to Angie is um, the church treasurer. She runs most of the books. We obviously have several tiers of that and some accountability with that. But that is one of her main roles. Josh uh, is, is basically what we would call, um, there, if you were here with us last year, there's fo three focuses that essentially forms part of our mission. Worship, grow, go. So worship is, is, is our, our worship to the Lord, um, heaven realm, presence, worship, you know, us giving to the Lord. Uh, then there's grow, be, being healthy, being a healthy church. And then go is going out, outside these walls, evangelism, outreach, etc. So Josh uh, would technically be the grow pastor. He would be overseeing anything that falls under grow, health, counseling, um, there, Lisa leads Sozo, but he's over that, different things. Um, so that's why they won the game today, okay? They are essentially over the health and counseling and um, uh, relationships of the church. So they're the healthiest in the church, okay? Some of the time. Some of the time. So then we have Steve and Patty here. And uh, Steve and Patty, uh, Steve has had just, he's, they're just amazing. They're just awesome. And uh, he would be the out pastor, uh, the go pastor. So anything with outreach, the kindness evangelism, the, the turkey bags, the giving tree that, that we're going to be a part of in a few weeks. Um, Steve lines all of that, coordinates with other people, gets things, keeps things rolling, and keeps us going outside these walls. So sometimes we could be so inward, inwardly focused, we're outwardly bound. Sometimes we could be so outwardly focused, we're inwardly bound. So we, Upper Room, we want to have a balance of both. That We want to be healthy here, but we want to go out. We want to go make disciples, as the Great Commission says, right? But if we go out and bring people into an unhealthy environment, they're not going to grow very well. So, so we want a balance of that. Nicole and I, we're the senior pastors, and um, Nicole probably leads more people than I. I just speak a lot more than her. So um, she, she oversees and helps facilitate and make sure all the kids' ministries have everything they need. Her and Lydia have an amazing relationship and make sure the worship piece and the worship part of the ministry is healthy and have what they need. Um, and then I just look great on Sundays 50% of the time speaking. No, we, we essentially help with casting vision, lining things up. Um, so we are forming some new structures uh, going into the end of this year, beginning of next year, updating bylaws, things like that. They're, they're kind of in a clog right now of some people reviewing them, uh, but at any rate, uh, with some boards and different things. So that's part of Upper Room. That's who we are. That's, that's our main roles uh, of the church. And um, I thought it'd be fun just to ask them a couple questions so that you can get um, just to know us but really our hearts. And um, so that's the point of today. It's fun. Like in our prayer this morning before church as a team was that you might see Jesus in a little bit different way than maybe you know him. Maybe, maybe you don't know this fun version of Jesus where we can come in and play a game and you see Jesus as a friend or a really fun father. You know, it's not always like, like our heart is ministry unto the Lord. Our heart here, if we could have one thing, would be worship and ministry to the Lord. That would be our first ministry. 
But then there's all these other components of, of, the, of, of, the, of who God is. And so that's kind of the fun thing about today and the intimate part about today. And we are a relational church. I, I reference family. We're a relational church. And, and if you never know us and you only see the 30-minute version of me on Sunday with a microphone and you never see this side of us, this is who we really are. And uh, so we take a week once a year just to expose this. And I know it's against some popular belief and it's against, you know, are we missing something this week? No, I think you're absolutely gaining something this week. So, so anyway, this is who we are and we're going to start with the questions. Uh, I'll need to get my iPad at some point. So <laughs> forgot about all of this. <clears throat> because I love Angie so much. <laughs> Just slightly less than Josh. I'm going to let her go first. No, I'm just kidding. We'll ask you guys first. So, so I thought it would be fun. This is a, a, I'm going to make it one question because I said I'd only give you two, but it's a two-part first question. How did you come to Upper Room, and why have you stayed? That is, so, and we, we agreed that each one of these questions will be five minutes or less because we want to this to be around 30 minutes. So uh, five minutes or less. How did you get here? Why did you come to Upper Room? Why, why here? So... Let me elaborate. Steve and Patty have, have been with churches, and they've planted churches in London and Scotland. They've ran with a couple of vineyard churches in Cincinnati and Dayton, led things, big things. So in a transition, why here and why have you stayed? Well, we went through a process of, of being burnt out, which is not unusual for pastors sometimes. They do and do and do, and they go and they go and they go. And sometimes they find themselves in situations that uh, no fault to themselves, and they have to make some changes. And those changes sometimes uh, affect you very deeply and affect our heart very deeply. And so uh, basically that's what happened to, to me and Patty. We were pretty burnt out. And uh, I heard Aaron, he came to the vineyard to speak to our supernatural ministry school. And I thought to myself, I said, if I ever leave this place, I'm going to go to the upper room. And so that's what we did. You know, when we left, we came to the upper room, and basically we didn't come here to do this. We came here just to sit and to be, and we had no dream that we'd be doing this again. And so the reason why uh, we've stayed is because we love the family, the family here, and we love Aaron and Nicole uh, just for their investment in our lives. And so, I mean, it takes different different. different uh, aspects of why we're here but we love being here i think that one of the other biggest reasons why we stay is because we love worship and we believe that jesus is number one and that what we try to do here and what i've seen consistently over the five years that we've been here is basically we focus on jesus and worship and so that for me is the reason one of the main reasons why we stay is so we can be part of family and also because we can worship jesus freely <clears throat> it's been gosh five and a half years and um, we have just always felt at home here um, I just I don't think I've ever we've been in a lot of churches because <laughs> we've been around a while but um, just having the heart of the father being so well expressed in such a variety of different ways it's just um, been so refreshing and we, we, th these people are just, you know, amazing people, as you know, <laughs> but we feel very fortunate to um, have 
been a part of their lives and continue to be, and also all of you. There's just such an amazing group of people here, and the diversity and the experience and the the stories and the, the healing that goes on. It's just so, just constantly wonderful. And, um, you know, I, I don't want to get gushy, but it is really true. We, we stay and we are so very thankful to be a part of this church because it's um, just um, amazing people and we love you guys. That's yours. Okay, Josh and Angie. We were um, we were at another church before this, and um, we had uh, been through quite a bit. So had some, some deep friendships um, that eventually kind of everybody just went their separate ways for a variety of different reasons. And I wound up being the senior pastor at a church that I was struggling to believe much of anything. I'd been exposed to a lot of signs, wonders, and miracles, seen God do many things, and yet when the people closest to me started to disperse, um, I even started to question whether I even really believed in God anymore. And it's a weird thing to see God do amazing things and then find yourself questioning whether you're wondering, whether you really believe he's real still. And um, at some point, I recognize I cannot lead a church in this condition. It's not fair to me or the church. And so, you know, we gave them some time and, and said, you know, I'm going to move on. And um, then we were like, you know, what are we going to do? And I, and I wanted to, I wanted to, in spite of all the struggles, I wanted to stay in a church, um, especially I didn't want to take my kids out of church. And so we tried uh, one or two other places, um, but they, you know, it just wasn't the same. There were no flags. There were, you know, it's hard to find this kind of style. So we looked online at the the um, Global Legacy, which is the Bethel, that's a, which is a church out in California that, that is affiliated with, and we found a couple churches in the area, and we saw pictures of Aaron and Nicole and their kids on the website. So we came in, and, and we decided maybe we could hide in the back row and just let them do their thing, and it was like, wonderful worship, wonderful people, but we were really just afraid that we would break them because we'd tell them how reality really is and it's not always that much fun and you're not always going to have that much joy. And so we were like, like we kind of wanted to hide. And um, But Aaron and Nicole were so accommodating that you just felt like you're the only one in the room. And they invited us um, over to their place on, on a Memorial Day about seven years ago. And it was just, it was great. It was wonderful. Um, and when they found out some of the experience that, that we had had, they were like, wow, that's really amazing. But we can tell you're still healing right now. So if you want to hide in the back row, that's fine. But if you ever feel like you're, you're ready, we could really use you. And so we took a little time, but I was honestly really surprised at how quickly I could heal just being around healthy people. And, and it was just, that was, that was really the key. So within just a few months, by December, um, I was in um, starting up the Sozo ministry. And by that next year, we came in as, as pastors under them. And it, I've had, I've, I've, doing ministry trips with, the, with them is more fun than going on vacation. 
mean, it is, they, they are so much fun. Um, and I, and so I would say, you know, it was just, there's something that happened. There's a connection, a depth of connection that I thought I would never experience again. And God's come in and actually amplified it to a new level. And, um, you know, it's kind of like, why do you stay? And it's kind of like, you know, yes, there have been hard times. There have been things that, that have come up, but it's like, even when you don't understand, it reminds me of the time that Jesus says, you know, eat my flesh and drink my blood, and everybody leaves, and he looks at the apostles, and, and they're like, and he's like, are you going to leave too? And they're like, where are we going to go? You've got the words of life. You don't leave something like this. When God has, has spoken to you, doesn't matter how hard it gets. When you've got family, you don't leave it. You, you just stay with it. I mean, it's, it's not a question. There's never been a question, are we going to leave? And that's not condemning others who have because God calls people out. But he'd have to show up in the flesh and tell me. I feel like you said it all. Um, but, yeah, as far as how we got here, but um, why do we stay, um, I, I will kind of tag on to that. Um, I'll tell you what, I have learned so much, um, and I know I say this often, so much about generosity in this body. Aaron and Nicole have so walked the life of generosity like I've never seen a human do. Um, such the heart of the Father of generosity um, with with us, with your time, um, with the spirit. I mean, just such a generous um, atmosphere that you create in your lives. And I think it just flows out to the to the people. It's, it's, it's so generosity is one thing. And the heart of worship is so pure here. I mean, it's just so pure, the authenticity, um, the genuineness, but it just makes room for God to show up in really powerful ways because of authenticity and, um, and just genuineness. So, yes. Okay. Um, one, one, one fun thing that you don't know about is before Josh and Angie came, Amy and Lisa Scott were, we were praying, we were developing a sozo ministry. And uh, Amy was like, man, I really don't want to lead it, but I'm, I'm the best we have right now. So Amy kind of started leading some of that ministry. And then Josh shows up, who, who was an expert in this, in this ministry and part of it. So it was just a natural fit. And then at the same time, uh, when we were praying about being outward focused and evangelism and outreach and how do we make impact outside these walls, uh, then all of a sudden Steve shows up and Patty. And you know, it was just, God knows the timing. Each one of you, you're here for a purpose. Your timing was, was for such a time as this. Um, so I got here because I lived at home when my dad planted this church, and I was required to go to church if I lived at home. So I was forced. I didn't find up a room. Up a room found me. So, um, but I will, I will talk about, um, we, there was just one nugget, because we want to we wanna move on for the sake of time, and then Nicole can share if she wants to on this. But uh, there was one time where we were, Nicole and I were, were early married, and we were facing some... Um, some differences, 
some tension between my dad and I and, and us and how we're a church we wanted to raise our future kids in and uh, some even some belief differences. And um, so we started visiting around other churches and like, you know, I would work at the fire department uh, every third Sunday. So we would use that as an opportunity on Saturday nights to go visit churches who had Saturday night services and just praying into where the Lord was calling us. And he just confirmed so vividly in so many different ways that we were to stay here. And even at the time when we didn't agree with everything, and even at the time we were in a little building, little tiny ministry, the Lord just says, give your life for this. And, and anything you see you don't like, be the change. And there was a journey as I talk about through a course of a year here, you'll hear, uh, through the course of, of the next season and the next few years, just learned what submission was, learned what honor was, and I learned how to navigate through some things, even with my dad being my pastor, my mom and dad leading us, even at times of disagreement, tension, and, and it was training. And what we didn't realize is we were sowing into an atmosphere and sowing into a culture that we would now get to reap some benefits from. And um, just the loving, amazing people that are here. So that was part of some tension of like why we stayed or, or why then transition. My mom passed away. We became the pastors. Um, and, and we honestly stay because we love it. We, we love this. I love, I love pastoring. I, it used to be this thing. I'll, I'll share one more story. Sorry. <clears throat> I used to play the drums. And, you know, every, every musician, <clears throat> especially as like a teenager, has this dream to one day be in a rock band and like tour and travel, right? So I went on a call once, it was Walmart, and it was just like this metal band that was internationally known. I, I don't remember who it was or know who it was. At the time, our youth knew exactly who it was. And some dude had OD'd and was just like having a rough day. So it was like six in the morning, we go to the Walmart parking lot, we take this guy to the hospital, and, and that, it, that tour bus was so nasty. There was vomit, dried up vomit. There was um, uh, uh, Red Bull cans everywhere, booze cans. I mean, it was just nasty. And I was like, thank God the Lord never called me to that. <laughs> well, I began to travel quite a bit a few years ago. and began to travel and do itinerant speaking and speaking out a lot. And, uh, and, you know, even to the point of turning people down, waiting a year to speak somewhere who had asked me. And I was like, maybe I want to do this. Maybe this is my calling. I really love traveling. I really love this. And then eventually the Lord just confirmed, and it just got so old. And it was that same exact experience. I love pouring out. I love going out. But there is no place like home. There is no place like pastoring and having a local body and a home. And um, so no thanks to anything else. This, this and being a fireman and a dad and a husband, I'm living a dream come true that, I, that was better, more um, extravagant, like Ephesians 3.20 promises, more wild and, and way bigger than I could ask, think, dream, or imagine. I would just like to say that I ended up here because I was dating him, and so that was divine. But um, one of the things I think when he mentioned, like, us going and checking out different places and, thing, and things is there were places that we went that had what we were looking for. Um, but I felt like, I feel like that the Lord was showing that to us, and it almost, it, I have, through the years, it has almost felt like a tease like, even once we were established here at Upper Rim, we'd go, we'd been to conferences and, you know, different places, and you walk away and you're like, I just wish that we had that. And I think the thing that's been so beautiful that I have enjoyed, at the same time, if, I, if I'm having the right mindset, like Corey was talking about, like, the joy in passionately pursuing what we wanted, what we felt like the Lord was put on our hearts for this house. And so... 
I think, just the beautiful thing of through the years, because of our hunger and our desire for the more, like there's so much more that God has for Upper Room, and I have, I have learned how to love pushing and fighting and working to see that happen, and not in like a strenuous way, although at times it has ha- that has happened, but learning how to like work with the Lord to get to where He has called us to be, and then to see all of that happening. I mean, my gosh, when we left and we're searching other places, it was just like a faraway dream that we could have a stage like this or even just people worshiping in the front. I mean, those were just far off dreams. And just to look and see that we have far surpassed that and just the beauty that has come in that journey. I mean, that is one thing I would say is like, you know, some of us are just wired to fight for what we know the potential is. I see so much potential for what the Lord wants to do in our kids' ministry, in our youth ministry, in our city. And it's like, I can either choose to be frustrated at what's not happening. That's where we were, you know, 10 or 12 or 15, however many years ago that was. Or be like, okay, what am I going to do about it? And I just think, not to preach, but the message for you is this. Like, you either decide that you're going to be all in here and the things you don't like, like Josh said, like, I'm not willing to walk away. I'm willing to figure out how do we help this situation or how do I push into seeing those things happen or what can I do about it, not just, I don't like how they do that and I think we should do this and I'm leaving. Come on, all right? Because you're going to go somewhere else and you're not going to like them either. So (laughs) regardless, I'm just saying, I think there's something that's beautiful about fighting for something that you wish you could have or the potential that you see. And I just, I want to encourage you, not just here, although that's what we're talking about, but in general, in your workplace, in life, in your family, um, whatever. Whatever. If you like what you hear today, come back next week. Nicole's speaking. Um, last question. For the sake of time, you each get one minute, Okay. We're, we're in the month of November. It's uh, Thanksgiving month, and we usually take the full month to focus on Thanksgiving. Because of scheduling, we usually do this service in October. Uh, so we're into, we're into November. We usually take December to focus on Jesus, the Christmas story, and a process and journey through that. Uh, so you have one minute to give your best definition to thankfulness. And whoever wants to start can start. Okay. Best definition of thankfulness. It's, um, for me, it's an intentional, conscious, acknowledging um, God in all my ways. And it's an intentional willingness to see him in my workplace in my family, in my church family, um, and being uh, just joyful in acknowledging that. Does that make any sense? Yes. Okay. (laughs) Who's going to beat that one? But but mostly it's the intentionality because thankfulness can, can bleed out of us. We can, you know, forget how to be thankful. 
And uh, it is something that we, we have to remind ourselves about and what I have to remind myself about. So that's my answer. That one minute counts. <laughs> I think for me it's, it's learning to develop the attitude of gratitude in all things. And for me it takes practice. And I remember I realized one t at one point in my life I was joy impaired. So what I thought I'd start doing is practicing smiling. And I remember going to work and I'd be smiling and people would say, what are you doing? I said, I'm practicing being joyful. <laughs> but uh, so anyway, I just think it is. I think it's developing, trying to realize this, uh, what, what God has given us. I mean, I was, I was a flipped out drug overdose dude in my 20s and everything that I received is so much more abundant than what I had. Yeah. I have my clothes. My, my best clothes came from the Salvation Army. I was a massive, I was just really skinny because of my drug abuse. And when Jesus touched my life, that was part of the shift that changed me to have an attitude of gratitude. And so, anyway, that's part of it. So, um, I just, I'm thinking about it, and I think that it, it's, there's a, like an element of intentionally coming in line with the reality of goodness in your life that God has poured out without getting distracted by where things don't measure up. And so I am acknowledging that in all of my life there's goodness until it becomes first nature so that I'm not making myself be thankful, but I'm just living from that because I, I'm seeing reality as it is. It is reality. Thankfulness is just coming in line with reality that's already there without getting distracted by the frustrations and, and the things that fall short. And on that, and I loved what Corey shared today, um, because I think I, I used to come from a posture of like, being thankful is like thanking him for all the good things. Like, oh, thank you so much for this and that and this. And, um, and there's an element, and I think this is like a new thing for me, of being thankful when things aren't what you think they should be. And being thankful when it's hard. And, um, and even the Lord brought, like I was leaning into that this morning, the Lord brought to mind during communion, when you take, when Jesus first, you know, said what communion was going to be, um, he said, you know, um, that when you do communion, give thanks. And I was thinking about how when Jesus presented communion, like to the disciples, that this was going to be a really painful thing that he was going to walk through. And yet he was offering that saying, when you do this, like, like, you can be thankful for a hard thing because him dying on the cross was the hardest thing ever. And he presented it in a way that you can be thankful for hard things. And that just messes with my mind. I don't know if it messes with anyone else's mind, but it messes with my mind of coming in and being in a posture of thankfulness when things aren't what you think they should be. So... So not really a great definition because I feel like I'm still processing that one. Whew. Okay. Okay, I was going to say basically that. Just being thankful in the good and the bad. That's it. Okay. 
So I, I want to tag off of what, um, what Corey, First uh, Thessalonians 5.18, it says, Give thanks in all things. This is the will of Christ Jesus in you. And um, so, so for me, it, it would parallel some of that. That is what I was going to say is giving thanks. Having, a, um, man, just appreciation in everything, in good, bad, and the ugly. And I just love to share two stories. And um, first, two weeks ago, uh, our daughter tried out for a club volleyball team, and it's a two-week tryout. And the first week, uh, the people they really want get a letter, and all the people who didn't get a letter go back the second Maybe. Okay, there we go. Um, so, so basically, it's, it's, it's a pressure cooker, and it's all on performance, right, which isn't necessarily always my heart. So Olivia did not make the team the first week. <clears throat> I asked her permission to share this. And, uh, but she has, because I, we had church commitments that day, I dropped her off, got her registered, and then came to church. And then her friends were going to drive her home. And her two friends that she's riding with both make the team that day. And I get in the car, eventually, sorry, um, and she was just so overly proud of her two best friends for making the team, genuinely proud. She's like, I know it's hard for me, this is somewhat of a quote, I know it's hard for me, but I am so glad that Jenna and Myla made a team. And then she just, she's like, and I know that God has a plan that maybe I'm supposed to be on a different team or have a different coach or a different experience. So I'm just going to try hard next week. And, and I just told her, the point of this story is that she would not have had that moment of a testing of character if she had just made the team that week. In those hard times, that's when your character is tested, and that is when the opportunity is given to give thanks that you wouldn't have had if you just would have got the letter or wouldn't have went through that hard time or wouldn't have went through that trial or that hardship or whatever that is in your life. For a 13-year-old, that's pretty hard. That's a hard day for a 13-year-old. So whatever our lives are, and I just, the last story I'll share is just meeting with Bruce and Catherine, and after they lost BJ and, and their, their son in his low 20s and this buff, big, wrestling dude, right? Just ends up one day he's here on earth, and a couple weeks later he's not. And, and, and I just remember meeting with them, and, and Catherine or Bruce, one of them, I just remember collectively they're like, God gives us an opportunity on earth that we won't get in heaven, and that is to praise and thank him even through hardship. That is one thing we don't get to do in heaven. And, and I just, that always stuck with me. So no matter what bad day or crap that I'm going through, to think what they went through and they are still giving thanks. And that was their goal for the next entire year was to give thanks to God in all things. That penetrated my heart. I'm like, man, I think I have a bad day if, if a shingle blows off my house or, or my hot tub quits working or whatever, you know? It's like, really? So when you put things in perspective in anything, you can just give thanks. And even, even the Bible kind of words like this in James 1, 2, it says, count all joy the trials you go through because that is what builds perseverance, patience, you know, character. So, so that would be my definition. It's similar to everybody. It's just giving thanks in everything, the good, the bad, and the ugly, praises us, you know, acknowledging what the Lord does. Praise is thanking Him for what He does. Worship takes us to an intimate place to, to worship Him for who He is. And there's a difference, and Thanksgiving is in both of those. So, all right, I would love to close with an opportunity for some ministry time, okay? You're done. You're off the hook, Angie. That was it. Was that so bad? Yeah. So,
so next week we'll, we'll continue on thankfulness and Nicole's going to speak and it will be more of uh, maybe, I don't know, we'll see what Holy Spirit does, but more of a traditional style of who, how, who we are. But, um, but I, I just, yesterday I woke up and uh, couldn't get back to sleep and, and I look out our bedroom window and there's a picture that they're going to put up here. And this was out our, our bedroom window and basically it had snowed, all right? And, um, and, and what you see there, as I put this on Facebook yesterday, some of you may have seen this. And, and I just like, oh, that's cool. And I really took the picture because I assumed it was going to melt pretty quick so that Nicole could see it. She was still sleeping, and this was really early, just, just at sunrise. So, so anyway, as I go through the day, I start processing this. And I start thinking, man, what an incredible depiction of two seasons. And even, even to this morning when I went to drop one of my daughters off at Versailles and came back, we went from a sunny morning, if you were up early enough, it was sunny, it was beautiful, to then when I'm driving to church, it was snowing. And then those of you who don't know, if you haven't taken a bathroom break during this long service, it was snowing like crazy a, a little while ago. It is white outside, okay? Surprise. You're about to see it. It is a white Sunday. So, so anyway... There is a change of seasons, and I, I, I want to leave this. I want to pray you into a new season, and I want to prophesy that a new season is here for you. And, and, but don't get frustrated in the transition. Like, th there's a line of demarcation there from fall to winter, right? And some of us feel like maybe you've been in a rough season. Maybe you've been going through some junk. Maybe you've been through some really hard times lately. Maybe the pressures of society, this world, mandates, whatever. Maybe they're like, you're, you're, you're like your last string. Like, like, just wait, I'm ready to erupt. Or maybe it's been difficulty or loss or tragedy. Or maybe it's just life. I don't know. But I just felt like this was for somebody, and I posted it on Facebook yesterday or social media or whatever, and, and had some feedback. And I just wanted to release this to the church today, that you might be between two seasons, but it's in that transition, it's in that moment of waiting that the Lord is so good. We always want to be on the mountaintops, but it's in the valleys that we actually get nutrients. That's where the streams and the vegetation actually live. We want to avoid those valleys because they're hard, right? Because when you walk through a valley, I've, I've, I've hiked and hunted through mountains, like crazy mountains, cliffs and different things. And every time I get to the bottom, I'm like, oh, man, we got to go all the way up there, 2,500 more feet up that cliff. And it's hard. But I'm telling you, there is something special in that valley. There's something special where that line of demarcation is, that space between two seasons. So I'm just here to say that I feel this collectively that the lord has an upgraded season awaiting you yes. and we hate winter I, I well we i don't like winter okay i would much rather be on the beach with my toes in the sand my in the water no i'm just kidding so but here's the deal i but winter is where the nutrients work into the ground Winter is where the, the frost and the thawing and all that works in and the seeds and the nutrients and the leaves and the nitrogen, all that works in to produce a harvest. And I just really feel this in my heart that many of you, we've been through these plowing seasons, these hard seasons. I just feel like the Lord is on the brinks to bring you into a reaping season. So why don't you stand with me? It is the transition to dismiss you. <laughs> it is the transition in life. And let me just say, if you're here, God's not done with you yet. I don't care your age. I don't care young or old. If you're here, God's not done with you yet. God's, God's got your family. God's got your relationships. God's got your kids, your grandkids. Like, he has your back, all right? And he has your job situation, your finances. Whatever it 
whatever that thing may be. He came to seek and save. Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost. That, what's that? Maybe it's a baby. Maybe it's a marriage. I don't know. The Lord has things on your heart. And as you delight in him, the Bible promises that he will honor the desires of your heart. I just fully believe that. So do we just put your hands on your heart and just receive this upgraded season? It's time for a new season. The verse I put with this, that weeping may last through a night, but joy comes in the morning. So Lord, I thank you right now that is a new season. It's an upgraded season. It's a season of harvest. It's a season of reaping, Lord. Lord, I pray that, that the weeping may have lasted through the night, the weeping may have lasted through a year or two years or the last month, Lord, but joy comes in the morning and this is morning. So we thank you for such a time as this. We thank you for the upgrades. We thank you for a new season. We thank you for thankfulness in the old season. We thank you for thankfulness in the transition. We thank you for thankfulness when things are great in the new season. It's a new day. He's singing a new song over you. He rejoices and delights over you. His promises for you are yes and amen. So we thank you, Jesus. Everybody just say this. Say yes, yes. and amen. amen. All right, we're going to ask our prayer team to come. If you need prayer specifically for anything, they'd love to pray for you. Um, but uh, you are dismissed. We love you guys. Have a fun Sunday. Have a fun week. Love you. Matt.